Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode two of Crime Stoppers, See It, Say It, Stop It, a podcast that brings you informed discussion about unsolved crimes, wanted persons, awareness campaigns, and how citizens can remain anonymous to help make their community safer. My name is Sean, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Detective Dimitri Tianos from the Toronto Police and our police coordinator for Toronto Crime Stoppers. Dimitri, how are you today? I'm pretty good. Thanks for having me back on the air. This is great. And another way that we can uh, communicate with our listeners. For sure, for sure. So before we begin, I just want to give a, a shout out to everyone that is supporting our podcast and sharing the message. Dimitri, I don't know if I've told you this or not yet, but I was looking at our listener analytic dashboard. And what's really cool is 11% of our listeners are actually out in the United Kingdom. So hello to our friends across the pond. Uh, today's episode, we will feature our community and youth engagement officer, Martin Douglas, also known on social media as Officer Crump. So if you're not following him, please do so. Jump on that. And uh, with that, I'll, I'll turn it over to you, to Dimitri, to uh, bring in uh, Martin. Thanks. Um, let me begin by saying thank you to the listeners across the pond. Clearly, crime doesn't have any uh, borders, and neither does uh, Toronto Crime Stoppers. So For sure. we appreciate all your uh, attention on our new podcast. With us today, I got one of my guys that worked for me in the office. His name is Constable Martin Douglas, also known on social media platforms as Officer Crump. He's a uh, very strong tool that keeps everything together with our Crime Stoppers program. And uh, I just want to introduce him. Hi, Martin, and welcome to the show. Hello. Thanks for the welcome, guys. Um, we're just going to get into uh, our last podcast, uh, episode one. Very proud of. Uh, we spoke a bit about what you do, your role, and um, I just wanted to have you on so you can explain just the different programs that you initiated, you keep going, and uh, what you do to engage youth. So why don't you tell us a bit about yourself, maybe start off with a bit of your background, and uh, get into the role that you play within the Crime Stoppers program. Okay, well, um, I'm a Toronto police officer first, uh, been on for 21 years now, seconded to Crime Stoppers as their youth and community engagement officer. I'm pretty much active in all the schools throughout the city, providing uh, school presentations on the who, what, where, why, and how of Crime Stoppers. And uh, what I try to do, um, because it's in a school and the Crime Stoppers messaging could be somewhat dry to young people, uh, I try to bring that messaging packed in into an online safety and social media bundle where um, I can address things like so social responsibility, moral obligation, those angles on youth and how they see themselves in their space, in their school. Because I, I kind of allocate, well, not allocate, I, I try to show them the, um, the similarities between their school and the general community and that Monday through Friday they're pretty much in that space as, uh, as citizens, participating as citizens in their community, the administration participating as government or local authority, and that whole concept of getting the right information to the right people at the right time, and how, you know, certain times citizens don't come forward and talk to their local law enforcement at the right time, and how things can fester and how they can go wrong. Gotcha. There's a lot, you know what, I've, I've uh, had the pleasure of uh, seeing you speak to youth in uh, different platforms and you have a great approach the kids are always engaged in what you have to say as far as uh protecting themselves 
on the different campaigns we've had, like uh, online safety and bullying. So you talk to the kids about that kind of stuff too, right? Yeah, I mean, it's it's different for each school. It's it, I, I wouldn't say a la carte, but I, I do make it possible for schools to address their needs. And, and part of that is uh, obviously when I have uh, meetings with the, the admin, um, we address certain concerns that they, they find are a little bit more heavier in their school. And I, and, and I got to stress this. Uh, we send our, our, our young people away to school, and they are actually going into a community, and that community has its culture. Um, and some of that, what I call underculture, is no different than what we see in some of our community, communities plagued with, with safety concerns. So how the admin who are inundated with these issues and finding people either sitting in the office in trouble or having to deal with um, elements of safety concerns that, that uh, rise up in their school day in, day out. They're just, you know, this is what they're doing. They're putting out fires. So trying to address those things within the student body, the citizenship of the school um, is effective in, in curbing some of that behavior changing some of the mindset and uh, identifying some some issues where just like our regular communities you got one percent of people that just don't want to color within the lines and they upset the 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 nature of that community in ways where i mean for students kids just don't want to come to school or there's a chronic bullying situation that's happening or or any number of other things that I'll, I'll get into later. Well, we, uh, on our previous podcast, we, I covered off how within Toronto, because we are Toronto centric, every community has different issues that plague that community. And it's the same. Wouldn't you agree in schools? Some schools have uh, certain issues that you can deal with the principal and guidance counselor and see how you can uh, formulate your presentation. And then other schools might have other issues. So we are open to discussions with principals and uh, guidance counselors, right? Oh, yeah. And, and that's just, I mean, it's something that I do on a, on a daily basis. That's just all part of uh, my job. But, um, and, that, and I mean, I, I speak to, to groups grade 7 to 12. I, I don't um, address the grade 6 down through to kindergarten uh, age groups just, just because of the circumstances of, of uh, our justice system, the ages in which um, police get involved with young people uh, on a criminal basis, uh, on a criminal level. So um, it really strikes home when I can speak to, to those age groups and they can understand some of the issues and how it can impact their lives directly when they participate in things that are outside of the... Um, the, the norms of society and, and expectations of, of a, a citizen. Gotcha. Kind of starting them off on, on, on the right foot as far as preparing them for adulthood, really. And this stuff that you talk to the kids about, it doesn't necessarily, sometimes even the teachers that are in the uh, presentations themselves can get some stuff out of this and they can bring it to their houses. So it's not necessarily um, tips coming strictly just for stuff, events that happen in school, but these kids can also take it home. And if they see something that's happening at home or in their neighborhoods or in their communities that they live in, they can use the platforms that you teach them. Yeah, that's why I, that's why I, I try to show them the similarities between their building being a community, no different than their neighborhood. 
Right. So, so they can adopt that concept wherever they are. And I, I actually say that it, you know, I've said it in presentations um, that, you know, positive ripple effect, no matter where you are, if you have that positive outlook on being engaged with your community, exercising your social responsibility as a citizen, exercising, and it, it literally is like exercising your brain on how you think of yourself in your space. No matter where you go, you're always going to begin to start making the right choices um, in, in, in these circumstances as you encounter them, right? And it starts with those small paradigm shifts and how they think. Nice. Now, we know that you have a little plug for your uh, Instagram accounts and your Facebook account. I know that you have the Officer Crump social media aspect, and hopefully we can uh, tag this episode so the kids at home especially now with the COVID and nobody going to school and they're mostly at home, they're probably on their uh, social media platforms and that online bullying would play a big role right now, especially with kids having a lot of time on their hands. So there's still those reporting platforms that they can attend if the kids are listening. Yeah. With the online bullying and, um, and what we're seeing now, we're getting feedback through Crime Stoppers tips on what's going on in schools as far as bullying is concerned. What are, but, some uh, what are some type of tips uh, that come in, let's say, from schools? We've had any, anything from bullying. Literally, there's bullying going on in the school to there's a gun in a specific locker. Yeah, and I think, you know, that's a, that's a, a really good question there, Dimitri, to ask. Martin, I know with the, the stigma around youth and, and speaking to police and, you know, obviously with Crime Stoppers tied closely to that, you know, what's some of the feedback that you get when you first walk into a school that, you know, maybe you haven't gone to before or, you're, you know, you're returning to a school, but you're speaking to a, a new set of students on Crime Stoppers. Are they giving you any feedback of, of what they think Crime Stoppers is? And, you know, second to that, you know, what are what are you doing specifically <clears throat> to kind of break down that stigma and, and let these students and these youth know that, um, you know, this is where you can have a reporting mechanism if you, you know, you need help or you, like you said, you see somebody in a school, um, they may have a gun or they're planning to, you know, get into a fight and whatnot. So speak, speak a little bit about that aspect as well. So as far as what I'm seeing uh, when I go into schools, it, the, 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 I would say the, the different aspects of issues that affect young people are this, are the same right across the board, right across the city. Um, so we address them during my presentations. And I, I should add this, and I, and I think this was one of your questions you guys were going to ask is um, about my TSAP programming. So one of the, the concepts that I kind of rolled into existence because of what I've been seeing and as a result, the need um, in schools is addressing the changes um, and being malleable to the changes and the needs for, for the schools. And uh, I started a, a type of program specifically for high schools because we've been seeing a lot of stabbings or assaults and even murders um, throughout the last six years in, in our schools. And uh, I decided to, to call it TSAP, Toronto Crime Stopper School Action Program. And it, uh, it just kind of allowed me to treat the high schools a little bit differently than, than, well, actually a lot differently than my middle schools 
And the presentations for the middle schools have stayed the same. It's a one-and-done type concept, full assembly for grade 7s and 8s or for the grade 7s in the morning, grade 8s in the afternoon. But for that high school specifically, I wanted to um, make the presentations more of a um, focus group type presentation where students can talk more. And I don't get that from a one and done situation. So in my TSAP programming, um, it was as a result of, of, of like a, a slowdown in high schools. Um, they're, they were going through a strike situation about six or seven years ago, and I noticed there was a decline. So um, I had time to make these changes. And um, what I wanted to do is uh, I wanted to have the high schools receive information about Crime Stoppers um, more so and, and get the students to adopt and participate in the concept of Crime Stoppers, that whole community safety being a shared responsibility concept. And then installing the whole debunking of, you know, the, sni the snitch stigma that is, it's just ridiculous within the schools, showing them that most in every scenario that they encounter on an everyday basis, where there's some sort of safety situation or a situation going sideways in, in a school scenario, like a school fight, bullying, um, sexual inappropriate behaviors or assaults. None of these things stop until an adult is an adult in the building gets involved. So getting the right information to the right person at the right time is paramount to school safety or school community safety and using crime stoppers to help bridge over that fear of being a snitch, which I should add is like, it's the number one reason uh, in all the schools that I visit for being why young people don't come forward and talk to an adult in the building, their admin, a teacher, or even their parents. They just, they, even some of the victims don't come forward because they themselves feel that this word somehow applies to them. And I know uh, listening to the other podcasts, thank you, Sean, for bringing that piece uh, of my presentation um, out to, to the public, the, the public listening. And, and, and it's true. You know, the word was created by pretty much bad guys um, to identify mm -hmm. other bad guys that, try to curry favor with police, with right. someone in authority, right? It doesn't, the word doesn't belong to a regular citizen trying to do their part within their community. So I, I, I pretty much show them that and we discuss it in, in a way where they can kind of realize that themselves within themselves. Um, yeah. So part of what I've learned through my presentations in the TSAP, format of my present uh, presentations in high schools is and that conversation is that there's actually five reasons right across the city for why people don't come forward and talk to an adult that can make a change a positive change in a negative from a negative direction and you know the number one reason i said is being a snitch uh others are um that's none of my business uh i'm out of here i i just want to go home you know, when I ask them, hey, raise your hands or who, whoever's felt that, pretty much 90% of the hands go up. Um, another reason is uh, my friend's involved. I'm loyal to my friend. I don't want to, I don't want to tell on them. Um, and, or I just want to see the fight, believe it or not, you know, and within those two, you know, hey, my friend's involved. There's, there's what I call mirror moments for the students. And I, and I, 
I talk about these mirror moments where they can look at themselves and, and I ask them, so I say, okay, well, if your friend was in a situation where they um, felt very depressed, um, wasn't feeling well, and they were disclosing to you that they wanted to harm themselves in some way, would you reach out to an adult outside of you just talking to them? Would you feel the need to reach out to an adult and let that adult know to make that negative situation get better? And then I ask them to really look at this and say, what's the difference between your friend making a mistake and wanting to take their life or making a mistake and getting involved in a fight where there's weapons involved or where it can escalate into a bad situation? And all of the same scenario piece of those scenarios of your friend getting hurt can turn into a, uh, a situation where your friend again could, could result in dying. Right. So, um, the last one is, um, I don't want that negative attention or I, I don't want to be beat up next. I don't want that, you know, that fight situation to turn into those guys coming after me because they think I said something right. Um, I'm, I'm scared of reprisal. And when, when you look at that and you look at what's happening in the city of Toronto or in any city or town for that matter, you find that it's almost the exact same things with adults, but we don't call it snitching necessarily. Right. But it's the feeling right. is there and it impacts people and it stops them from maybe doing the right thing at the right time. So just having those discussions, being able to have the smaller groups in TSAP, multiple school visits and uh, speaking to young people and having them kind of realize that within themselves allows and, and it actually makes a, a better. It makes more impact on on how they receive the information. Yeah, for sure. And I think what the interesting synergy here is, and you know, we spoke about it on episode one, is this is all to a degree what Detective McAleese identified back in uh, 1976 when Crime Stoppers was first, uh, you know, introduced. And, you know, the whole concept was the two things that prevented that he believed prevented people from coming forward with information was the, the apathy part, um, you know, and then obviously the an anonymity part. Um, so it's interesting to see how, you know, that still plays a part in the mindset of today's thinking um, when it comes to reporting things. And, you know, Martin, I just want to say you've done an awesome job uh, in doing what you do with the school part of it and, you know, the youth and the community engagement. Um, you've been with Crime Stoppers for, you know, over a decade. And I know and feel that uh, through your work, you've touched many kids when it comes to thinking differently right into the mindset you've been able to you know change more than one person out there of thinking differently and reporting crime and and we've seen that right we we have seen that that being said you know let's talk a little bit more about you know you've mentioned the tsap program but part of the tsap program is also the dance program and uh, you know it is a out-of-the-box way of, of reaching kids and connecting. Um, can you tell us a little bit about the dance program, how you came up with the idea, um, and then getting into, you know, unfortunately, I know this year it's, it's had to be canceled because of our current situation, but get into, you know, how do people get involved, how do schools get involved, and, and run us through that whole mindset of thinking to uh, what you've introduced. Okay. Um, I, I, I... I think I can get to that, but I gotta, I gotta also let you know that um, TSAP mm -hmm. isn't just the dance program. It's a, it's the most, sure. it's multifaceted. 
approach to my presentations for high schools only. Um, so uh, the TSAP program is uh, the one, smaller presentations, which involves for high schools multiple visits uh, designated to a grade or until the whole school is completed. And then I, I conclude that all um, with uh, an admin and school leaders separate presentations. So the SAC and the admins get to hear my presentations. And that's where, where I introduce um, things like the dance program. There's also the poster contest and the symposium, right? So it's not just the... Um, it's not just the symposium, it's, it's, a, it's multifaceted. And one of the reasons I, I did it that way is because the whole one and done full presentation to you know, mm -hmm. 800 students or a thousand plus students in, in a, um, an assembly situation, there's so many things missed in the ability to kind of get through to those players or those people within that crowd that would have had a question or that would have kind of moved in a direction of conversation when I have the smaller groups where they can kind of open the eyes and ears of other, other um, students within that conversation and, and have people talking, you know, cause when, when you just do the whole finger wagging thing, right. It, it, it doesn't work for young people. It really doesn't. Um, it's, it's better when uh, these ideas are given to them from their perspective and it, it gets it gets way more uh, results that way. Um, right. So the the symposium is a combination of all of these things, right? So every school that I attend for the year, including the middle schools, are invited to the symposium. The schools that uh, decide to um, participate in the dance league uh, portion of TSAP, um, they attend. Um, the symposium for their finals, but they set, they have separate events, two events for the year, a uh, winter, uh, sorry, a fall and winter showcase before the symposium finals. This year we had eight of the 13 schools participate. As you know, we had a strike again <laughs> this, this year in Toronto for our school boards. Um, so our Catholic and, and public school boards, um, I was only able to get eight out of the 13 to participate this year. Um, what uh, this whole dance league and the symposium has done is it, it's kind of brought different students together in one place for that one message. And that is right. community safety is a shared responsibility. So I'm giving students avenues to do things that they enjoy doing, like the poster contest, art, right? And then the, the dance league, um, the whole concept of dance and engagement through dance. And they're all participating in their own way at their level, right? In, in something that's more than them. Um, we get the, um, the assistance of, of well-spoken guest speakers um, to, to come out for a morning educational portion of the symposium. Um, the symposium also um, allows for the poster contest winners to be recognized and also for the student of the year and school of the year mm -hmm. winners to be recognized as well. And, and then just a whole reminder about what Crime Stoppers is and woven through the entire morning 
of educational uh, presentations and, and um, inspirational speaking by our guest speakers is, right. is the concept of what Crime Stoppers is all about. Um, this year was community safety is a shared responsibility. That was supposed to be the, the uh, theme. But um, yeah, it was, it was canceled. Um, going back to the dance program and, and how, um, how schools can get involved, I'm at 13. My max, <laughs> my max total was supposed to be 15, just, just for logistics sake. Uh, so I do have room for two more schools. And if any schools were interested, they can always email me at martin.douglas at torontopolice, one word, dot on dot ca. Right. Um, and uh, let me know. I, I know there's other schools within the city that, are, that do have and run dance teams. And they participate not only within, um, I guess, events that go on throughout the city, but some of them actually leave the city and they, they, they involve themselves in outside uh, dance competitions. So enlisting the help of a dance lead, uh, sorry, dance team for a specific school, and you look at um, a dance team, they're, they're usually there and they're, they're, the, they're the hype team or the, the hype people for the school. Uh, I've walked through schools and, and I've been with some of these dance teams while they're walking through as a group to go yeah. practice within the halls. And everybody knows these kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're the popular young people within the school, right? And they, they come from all different backgrounds. But because they're out there um, within their, school, their student body and participating at assemblies for opening, you know, like the Christmas showcase or whatever that's going on within their school they're very well known and respected yeah and that that that's you know it's interesting too because i mean it builds that sense of confidence it's like being on the varsity that's right you know, sports team or whatever right so this is more, another avenue for these kids to you know show their skills and um you know be be part of that school community and and whatnot and i know you know the uh this this symposium that we do you know understanding that we are a charity uh, we have to fundraise in order to make some of these things happen. And, and and I'll put it out there for our listeners. If we have any corporate sponsors that are listening that would want to, you know, help support this event, it's a obviously a, wor- a worthy cause. You know, please uh, reach out to um, either myself or to Martin directly to his email and then Martin will forward it over to me. But if you do have any interest in sponsoring or supporting you know, the school symposium, please uh, send me an email at crimestopperspodcast at gmail.com. And Martin, you know, since we've all been sort of locked up here at home, isolating uh, from the COVID-19 virus and trying to stop the spread and, you know, being responsible community citizens, you've been really active on social media. And, uh, you know, I would like to just kind of put it over to you to talk about what you've been doing on social media, but please first start off with the poster campaign and and what that is and, and what you've pushed out on social media so that we can, uh, you know, maybe get more people to participate with the, yeah. Um, so the, the, the one poster campaign, um, for the, for the year where the winners first, second and third get to have their posters made up and then I disseminate the, the posters, uh, to our school officers to, to, um, be distributed to all the different schools they go to, um, for the following year. Um, I've, I've received a lot of, uh, a lot of, uh, posters back. I've extended those, um, 
for that deadline to the end of the, or to the 1st of May. Uh, it was the 2nd of April initially. Um, was uh, that, That's going fine. Uh, I do have a lot of poster returns uh, from that, and I'll be going through them um, mm-hmm. in the coming weeks, and we'll, we'll be forwarding them to the board for, you know, to look for our first, second, and third prize winners, and then we'll have to get uh, that information out to their prospective schools so they can get their cash, their cash prizes. Right. But um, the latest, because yes, we are, I am locked down here. Uh, the latest uh, poster challenge was a social media poster challenge that, uh, that I thought would be, would be great for um, young people. If they're bored, they can sit at home, come up with concepts on, on crime stoppers. I put it out there on social media, but I, I haven't got a lot of feedback from it. Um, you can find the, uh, the poster, um, I guess, the, the poster for the poster, social media poster competition on my, my platform. So if you look for officer underscore Crump on, um, on Twitter, and Crump is spelled K-R-U-M-P, and, uh, or if you look for officer Crump on, on Facebook or on Instagram, you'll find me there as well. And the little icon that I have is a dancing police officer, just a portion of the body of a dancing police officer. So if you see that, that's me. Um, all of the information can be found on my social media. And uh, I'd like to extend that out to May 1st as well. So for the students that are home, um, if you have, you know, artistic ideas that would be great for to help with COVID-19 and staying home and all the information, again, is there for you to put something together, fire it off to me, and um, we will uh, look it over and actually have your poster out there on social media, inspiring uh, the people of, of Toronto to, uh, to act, you know, um, to social distance and uh, to make sure yeah. that uh, they're, they're out there you know, doing the right things and not, and not, uh, you know, breaking any of El Canada's rules and policies that have been put in place right now. Yeah, for sure. And it's really good to see, you know, the poster campaign and, and I mean, some of these kids come up with some really cool stuff. Uh, I think it was last year, or the year before that, Mark, correct me if I'm wrong, but we used one of their, uh, one of the students posters and we actually tied it into the community safety as a shared responsibility uh, with the positive ticketing program that, uh, that we push out in partnership with Circle K. So you never know where your poster is going to end up. Um, you know, maybe we can have that pushed out uh, throughout of all of our social media platforms. And, you know, who knows, who knows who will pick that up. Um, Dimitri, how are you doing over there, buddy? Did we lose Dimitri? I think he's probably tied up checking tips, to be honest with you, because I, I yeah. swear I heard some of the pings going off as we were sitting here and you, and you were kind of explaining Martin, is there, is there anything else that, that you have going on or maybe you see as something that in your role as a community engagement, student engagement officer that you would like to do that, you know, we should be doing or any other ideas? Any more ideas? Ones? Well, I mean, everything, you got to be malleable with, with the circumstances that we've been given, right? Right. So um, I think as, as yeah. we see things come up, I, I, I'd love to. Um, have our young people get active in addressing some of the adults in our communities that are that are not following the rules and 
I know people want to get back to school. You want to get back to, you know, a something that looks a lot more like what it used to look like than where it is now. And the only way we can do that, the quicker we can do that is by getting that positive messaging out there to remind um, people that, hey, we, we need to social distance. We need to follow the rules and guidelines. And that's yeah. coming from our young people in, our, in the city of Toronto. I think that's a powerful message. Um, and I think it would be shared and picked up by, by our traditional media and broadcasted in ways where it can really start to change the mindset of some of the, you know, the 20 something year olds, 30 year olds, or whoever, you know, 50 something year olds that are out there kind of wanting to go in a different direction. And, uh, when we all kind of come together like that, we have young people, we have older people all working together. You'll see that, uh, I feel we'll all see, um, a quicker turnaround to our circumstances right now. Yeah, that's, that's actually a pretty awesome idea. And maybe it's something that we can try to, uh, locate a, a youth or a young person that uh, we can bring on our next episode and, you know, have a little quick message on, you know, what social distancing and, and isolating and, and, and keeping everybody healthy, you know, means to them and, and whatnot. So as we, uh, as we conclude, um, you know, this, this uh, episode, you know, I, I really do think that uh, in some way we're all connected and, you know, Martin, I didn't know you prior to you coming into Crime Stoppers and nor Dimitri did I did I know you or did Martin know you. But a fun fact is that uh, at one point in our childhood, right. we all grew up in Flemington Park. And I think that's that's pretty cool in a way where, um, you know, we're all human. We're, we're we're all the same. We just come from different circumstances. And you know, down the road, many years, 30 years, 40 years, almost since, you know, I grew up in Flemo and then finding out you were there and, and Dimitri was there and talking about the same childhood memories. Um, and then going back, you know, uh, Martin, you and I went back to Flemington Park and Thorncliffe there to speak to mm-hmm. a neighborhood uh, mm-hmm. community uh, meeting there. It felt rewarding for me in, in doing what I do now with Crime Stoppers and trying to, you know, be a positive uh, role model to, you know, whoever may be looking at Crime Stoppers and understanding. Um, and I know you and I spoke after this. It was rewarding to be there spreading the message and seeing the people that were in the room and looking at them and saying, I know exactly what you're feeling and what your concerns are many years later and, and, and feeling that sense of fulfillment to know that you as a police officer, you know, me with Crime Stoppers as a civilian are doing things to make their lives better. Talk to me a little bit about that when, when you were there. And I mean, you, you do this all the time and I know you go into many different communities, but specifically that, that community meeting that we were at, you know, tell me a little bit about what you felt when you were there and the message when you were giving it, how it, how it meant, what, you know, yeah, how it, what you it know, it, 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 I mean, for, for all three of us, I guess there's Flannel and, uh, Thorncliffe Park area, but uh, I grew up uh, at 32 St. Dennis Drive. Went to Grenoble Public School, and and um, mm-hmm. I think you went to Paul St. John Paul. Yeah, I went John to 23rd. Um, okay. that's, John Twenty Third actually. And I, I mean, it, it's it's amazing that even uh, between you and I, we also share the commonality of of Malvern. <laughs> it seemed like yeah. a, it seemed like a lot of people. It's strange. Right? So give a shout out to all, Malvern, all the folks yeah, in Flemo sure. and all the folks. 
that are that, that are still doing, you know, living there and, and obviously doing what they need to do to make their community safe. So yeah, sorry to interrupt, but a quick shout out um, to those folks. It was not surreal because I have been I have been uh, to to that community um, night presentation before, but it was uh, it, it's always nice when I can go back to um, places where I've lived, where I grew up and spent my my um, life as a child and learning um, to be the, the man that I am today and seeing people and talking to people from that community and seeing their faces when I say, yeah, well, I lived here and this is where I lived and finding people within the crowd that live in the same building that I used to live in. And uh, the, it, it's, it's, it's a good thing to be able to give back and positive to give back yeah. to, to our communities and where we're from. And, and um, I, I felt the same way um, as you when, when we were able to sit down and hear some of the guest speakers that night and, and participate that night and also hear the concerns and be able to mm-hmm. identify on a level from their perspective on a level, pretty much the same as, as them and what they go through and what, you know, some of the solutions could be. Um, I had some connections from that, from that particular presentation that uh, I know that uh, they're looking at following up on. And I mean, because of our circumstances or, going to have to to wait it out but um it was it was a really rewarding yeah experience yeah yeah it's it's really you know it's really unique when when we see that uh you know that connection and you know even you know people that people we that, grew up with and we see yeah where they are and how we connect and we connect and whatnot and one of the ideas that we do have for this podcast is to feature our board members and you know let our listeners know exactly who is on the board of directors. Again, we're all civilians. We're not police officers. We have our day jobs. This is all volunteer work, really, uh, when it comes down to it. Um, but I think it'll be really unique to share the messages of who the board members are and their own voices and why they, you know, joined the, the board of directors. So as we conclude, you know, I just want to remind everybody that community safety is a shared responsibility. And that has been a a theme of you know what uh, Martin Dimitri and I have talked about today, reinforcing that we must all work together with a collaborative goal to make a difference in the prevention of crime while enhancing the overall safety of our community. See it, say it, stop it. Remember, you remain anonymous, criminals don't. So thank you for listening again today. For more information, please visit uh, 222tips.com and follow us on social media. As well, follow Martin on social media at Officer Crump and all the uh, major social media platforms please share our podcast. And if you have any questions, comments, or show ideas, please email us at crimestopperspodcast at gmail.com. 